The objects of our fear come in many forms. From small chittering insects hiding in the darkness, to formless shadows lurking in our closets. But for some, those objects of fear are something much more basic and inanimate. Something similar. For those people, the objects of our fear take on a form much similar to ours. For those inanimate objects, known as the mannequins or the dummies, they are so close to us, but yet so far. But what if these items, these common, unmovable objects, had a mind of their own? For we will find out in Midnight Submersion. Welcome back, my friends, to the Pixel Horror Video Game Podcast, the show where each episode we take a look at different video games, all featuring the same theme of horror. From those big AAA titles you know and love, all the way down to those small indies you might not even heard of. We're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and hopefully the scary. I am your host on this little journey into the darkness, Duke. Nuke McCracken. On this week's episode, we'll be talking about a little small indie horror game called Midnight Submersion, a horror story. It's a first-person psychological game developed and published by a small company called Midnight Works. Midnight Works is a Eastern European-based company. They got their start actually making a lot of those little small cell phone apps. Until several years later, they actually broke into making well, mobile games is where they kind of started making a little bit of money. Eventually branching out into a little bit bigger stuff for the PC as well as console. Midnight Works is a Eastern European based country. They work out of a couple places called Moldova and Romania. They got their start making cell phone apps before eventually branching out to making some mobile type games is mostly what they've been creating. They eventually started branching out into making some little bit bigger PCs as well as console-based titles. They're a little bit all over the place in what they're creating. They have quite a few various racing games, some various simulators, tower defense, even a few of these little bitty horror games. Now as far as quality, they're a little bit all over the place. Uh, most of the games haven't really been Reviewed by any major outlets or publishers or anything like that. Uh, just looking at Steam reviews, they have some that are pretty badly received. Some that are somewhat mixed. Even a couple that are 
positively received. But the quality on the games are... Well, you can tell that when they started making games, they this was definitely not something they specialized in. They're just trying to work their way up to. I don't expect the best out of these titles. But depending on what you're looking for, you may find something that might be a little hidden gem for you. So much like many of these small indie horror titles we're going to be looking at, there's not a great deal out there as far as well as development goes. We do know this was released in November of 2021. At the time of its release, reviews were generally pretty well positive, at least as far as Steam reviews go. It did get a sequel, or more of a prequel, I guess you could say, called Dimension. Or as Midnight Submersion is more of a walking simulator, Dimension was tended to focus more on gunplay, so more of a survival horror type title. Let's look at the little bit of the blurb for this game so you can kind of get an idea of what we're getting into. So, a nightmare horror story is an adventure game from the first face in a horror genre. Provides you to take a trip in a huge and dark city full of dummies. You'd have a possibility to figure out in a weird atmosphere when a lot of people are missed and everything they had remained is the dummies. So the big focus on this game is actually going to be, well, the dummies, or mannequins, if you'd like to say. And your mission is going to be trying to figure out what exactly is going on here. For the setting, this actually is going to be, despite what the blurb says, this doesn't take place in a city at all. This actually takes place out in the forest, in a couple little small built-up areas. You have a little prison area that you're actually going to start out with, a very small... What they call a village was more of like six or seven houses in a barn. And then finally just get a, well, it's just a factory. Where you end up finding yourself into the sewers and, you know, just like any sort of horror. And just like any horror game, of course, there has to be some sort of scientific lab. Your goal is to find a series of key cards, break into the lab, and yeah, find out the truth of what's going on here. As far as characters go, there's actually really not much character-wise. You do have your main protagonist that you play as. There is no information on this character, who you are, what your goals are, other than that you seem to just heard about this place and decide to come visit it. As far as side characters, you don't really ever meet anybody. Just a few people you kind of learn about their notes. You have Mike and Sebastian. For a couple of laboratory workers that managed to escape by being able to reproduce some of the key cards used for the laboratory. Then you have a man named Alex, or actually it's a young man, and his father, who we don't know his name, who's a guard working at the little factory. Past that, yeah, that's pretty much going to be as far as people, so don't really expect to be attached to anybody in any particular way. As a psychological horror game, don't expect any type of weapons. Now, you do get a few various items you're going to be able to pick up, starting with a flashlight, which is very, very helpful because this game is very, very dark. You can also pick up different batteries because, yeah, this game features one of my favorite things to see in these type of horror titles, in that, yeah, your flashlight does have limited use. You also find various food items as well as medical supplies, 
that you'll need to heal. And that's pretty much it for the game. Now, normally this is where I would be talking about my personal feelings on this game and my experience with it. But yeah, we're going to save that for last. Because I actually want to talk about the plot first. Because my experience on the game isn't quite what other people's generally seem to be, at least as far as those who left reviews for it. We'll dive into that a little bit more later. So we start by waking up just in some random building. Picking up the nearby flashlight, doing a little bit of looking around, we find ourselves to be in some sort of slightly run-down prison area. Exploring our first other house, we find a man can just kind of sitting there chilling, and we get a phone call on the wall. Answering the phone, we learn that this place is called Rudine. And it was built near a small little laboratory where they're asking for volunteers to come try out some vaccine. But by reading some various notes in the little building in the room here, we find that this actually laboratory is not really running vaccines, they're actually running experiments on these people. Their goal? To transfer the human mind into that of a body of a mannequin. The hopes of being able to find the next evolution as these mannequins, these dummies, have no need for human needs. We're also going to learn in this note that after the townspeople finally dried up, they kept running their experiments by using the lab workers themselves. But a couple of them, or at least a small group I would seems to be applying, but it seems to actually just be two guys, are able to escape by making a couple of copies of the key cards, which they then hide throughout the areas around the slab. So your goal is to find these cards and make your way in and see if we get to the bottom of this mystery. Now, the first box is pretty much right there in front of you, and the code is right there in the note for you. Lucky you. But this prison is locked, so you're going to have to find the key to escape. Now, exploring this little place, you're going to find a just standard amount of little buildings. Some kind of destroyed. You can walk in, but nothing really there. Uh, we are going to find a truck that's been crashed into the front gate. So I would assume that maybe that you're supposed to think that this is your truck. And possibly after crashing, you may have been a little, a little bit delirious before you made your way into that building. Let's find a nice little restaurant, which is a little odd for a prison. But by following the clues and notes, we make our way to a very small power plant here. Doing a little bit of platforming, we make our way to the second level of this place. We find a room that has a wall full of TVs. Now, one of these TVs is showing a secondary door that's in this room, one that we can't open. And we find ourselves, of course, locked in here. And after just some odd noises and lights, nothing for particularly spooky, at least not to me. The TV changes and that secondary door opens, showing a dummy. Going into that room, yeah, the dummy's there, and we pick up a few various items at his feet, but no key. Leaving this little power plant, we actually start to notice that all these many, 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 many dummies that we see all over the place, a lot of them, or quite a few of them, are starting to point to different directions. And by following where they're pointing, we make our way into the, well, back into the ruined set or first floor of this power plant, where we 
supposed to get a small scare when a bunch of mannequin hands to start popping out of the walls. Then we find one just kneeling on the ground, seeming to hold the key. Before we can grab it, he disappears. And we're going to have to be following these mannequins and where they're pointing to eventually track down his location to a, another house. But this time, we're able to grab it. And we do get what's supposed to be a few little scares here and there, such as a group of, well, a group of them just kind of exploding. Some supposed jump scares are just some figments, you know, appearing right in front of you. But more importantly, with the key in our possession, we can now open the gate to the prison. So with the key card in tow, we start making our way down into some tunnels that seems to be built into what may be a small mountain. Where we're going to find the big giant door leading to the lab. Now, with one key card in our hand, we now need two more. Luckily for us, there's a couple more tunnels. And you actually have an option. You can choose which one you want. Now, we went down the one immediately to your right, which takes us into what is supposed to be a small village. Now, in this village, we're going to meet our first encounter of the, how do I put, never-ending chase of the dummies. There's going to be two of them kind of wandering around this town. As soon as they see you, they're going to chase you pretty well nonstop. Your only safety is going to be inside these little buildings, which you're going to have to dodge in and out of as you try to look for another box containing a keycard. Now, luckily for you, some of these buildings' powers actually do work, so you can light them up, as your flashlight does not last long at all. Eventually, you're going to find a tall platform, and climbing to the top, we're going to find our key box. And just a little note saying that the code has been hidden somewhere. So yeah, we need to be running in and out of all these buildings to help find it. After searching the last buildings, the only one left is now the barn. Now there is a second floor to this barn, one which you can't easily get to. So the goal here is outside, there's actually a truck that's backed up a little ramp with a couple of blocks underneath the front tires. Ripping out these blocks, Truck's gonna roll forward and come to rest at the end of the barn. And we're gonna be able to jump up on this truck and have to do some small platforming challenges. Which platforming is not exactly this game's specialty, so not gonna be the funnest moment in this game. Platforming across a few little big stacks of wood, we get to a small roof of the barn, where you're gonna to have to yank several, several boards off the building. Now, here's where I ran into a small problem. As these boards are somewhat physics-based, when I yanked some of them away, a couple of them didn't really pull all the way and got stuck in, well, one little opening that you have to go into. And you can't pick up these boards after you initially interact with them. So after several minutes of just trying to jump, crouch, Maneuver, doing every little thing I can, finally managed to just barely slip through. And inside, you're going to find a little photo that has the code. With this code in hand, climb back up that tower, open up that key box, grab the key card, and then it's time to leave and head to the last area. This last area that we have to explore in order to find the key cards 
is the factory. A, once again, a extremely dark place. You're going to do quite a bit of wandering around. You won't see a few mannequins here and there. You just kind of stand around not really doing anything for you. Or eventually we're going to find a building with a note on the outside. A note telling you that, well, this is from a guard that he left for his son Alex, who had been kind of staying here. Not sure exactly why somebody would want to be living in this factory with their young son, but hey, who am I to judge? A note telling him that if he needs to get into this little building, he needs to run off to a full side building on the other side and flip a breaker. So we run back as I'd already actually been here already while exploring this place and just couldn't interact with the little circuit breaker. This time we're able to trigger it. One little light comes on, side door to the building with a note, opens up, allowing us entryway. But more importantly, yeah, these mannequins that we saw earlier come awake. And if you get too near them, they will chase you. And they are pretty quick. They're about the same speed as you. You do want to be fairly careful. After running around in the dark trying to find this building again, as I couldn't quite remember where it was trying to show you where the side door was at, I'm finally able to get in there. Door shuts behind you. And we find Alex's little hideaway inside of a container. Picking up his note, we learn that there is another building that has a, well, keypad, and we need to figure out the combination for it. He gives a little cipher, but we have to find, or he gives us a code, but we have to find a cipher to figure out the actual numbers. And he decided to hide it under a bunch of boxes right at the beginning. We're running back to this opening little building at the factory, moving a bunch of boxes around, finally he'll pick up the note with the cipher. And using it in conjunction with the little code that he gave us, we're able to get the actual key code or number code for that building. Open it up and run aside and we find that the, well, we find a little place where none of those escaped lab workers have been hiding out before. More importantly in this room, we're going to find the last box with the key card. But we need a, another code. Also in this room, we're going to find a couple little notes. One from the guard, who despite knowing that the mannequins were very much violent and hostile night, decided that you know, he's going to wait until night to go wander off into the lab and ask, what the heck's going on with all these various mannequins? Why he wouldn't wait to the daytime knowing that they would be inactive then? A little odd. But hey, maybe he just likes the night. So the second note is actually going to be from that lax escapee from the laboratory. And he leaves a bunch of stuff saying how he's going to be wandering off and trying to look for more supplies as well as food and things like that. Now, here's where I ran to a issue that, well, definitely soured me a great deal on this game. As I could not find the code, open the lockbox. So, spending a great deal of time just endlessly running around this factory, getting chased, 
being hit a whole bunch. And even going back to the previous areas and doing a little bit of looking around, head back and, well, finally found the code on one of the notes. Why this code was so hard? Well, that's because when you look at the notes, I typically tend to hit the little read button, which brings up the, t the note, plain text to read. The code for the note is, once again, attached to the cipher. But the words you need for that cipher in order to figure out the code are not highlighted or underlined in any way when you hit the little read button. You actually have to flip the note itself over on the back to see where they're underlined. And, yeah, as the notes aren't always the easiest to read, it's a little bit of a pain and difficulty that why wouldn't you highlight those, underline them in some particular when the read option is, well, a little bizarre for me. But with the code in hand, we're able to open up the lockbox and grab the third key card. Running back to our little tunnel system, we're able to open the door and head in. But of course, this is a horror game. We don't get to go straight to the bunker. There has to be a sewer section. With a little bit of exploring, we're going to find yet another locked gate. And heading back closer toward the opening area of the sewer, we find a now open room. One that when we head inside is suddenly populated by a whole, whole lot of mannequins. Now, some of these mannequins, they're just there chilling, not doing anything. But a couple of them, if you get too close, will hit you and pretty much instantly kill you. Now, this may feel like a little bit of pain, but trying to figure out how to weave your way through there. It's actually a lot easier once you realize that the hostile mannequins are just a little bit darker colored. Whereas the other ones that are just kind of chilling, there's more of a lighter, rustyish looking color. So, slowly making your way through this little room, you grab the last, or grab yet another key, which allows you to open that gate and start exploring into another part of the sewer, which has a fun little bit with some electrified water. Now, if you jump in the water, of course, it's electrified. You're going to take a little bit of damage. But luckily, they provide you with a box that you can kind of drop down to the water, jump on, and then jump across towards some stairs. Unless you're me, who immediately drops the box. And there's no way to grab it, because it is way too far down, and there's no other boxes around. And after wandering away through this fun little electrified water, taking a great deal of damage, uh, yeah, I wasn't in particularly great shape. With this hazardous pool of water falling behind us, we start making our way into the actual lab itself. Now, given the size of the sewer, personally, I figured the lab would be a pretty good-sized area for us to be checking out. Uh, it turns out I'm a little bit wrong. It's actually just about four little rooms. And there's really not a whole lot going on here. So the first room we go into is basically a little decam. So the first room we enter is basically just a little decontamination hallway, which leads us to what seems to be a kind of reception area. Got some little waiting rooms and little posters on the walls. Nothing really here. Straight ahead, we actually enter a what seems to be some sort of little test area. As the middle of this room is divided by, well, a glass wall. 
On the other side, seems to be a man kind of wandering around. He doesn't seem to be able to see us or acknowledge us that we're here. A little, a little strange. He doesn't seem to interact. Just kind of walk around. Our side, there's a few various computers. And if you want to have just a little bit of fun or you just want to be cruel, you could actually hit the big red button because, face it, who doesn't want to hit the big red button? And this poor guy just drops dead. Not quite sure why. Maybe some gas. Maybe some radiation rays. Who knows? But he's gone and the only person we've actually seen this game, yeah, he's kaput. So I'm back and heading toward the right door in this little waiting room. We actually find a little bit bigger area that is actually super, super dark. But seems to have what seems to be a bunch of containment cells. Each of these has various dummies. You can actually read the notes on each one to kind of learn how these were each different versions that they were testing. And how, yeah, not everything was splendid from the get-go. Some of the earlier ones could barely move at all. Eventually they were able to make some that could move the arms, some legs, until eventually they seemed to make one that could actually, you know, move. Which is surprising as they are dummies and lack muscles, gears, really anything other than just, you know, stuffing. So with this little bit of knowledge that how they kind of created these guys, we head back and we go into the last room, which is on the left. Now in here, we actually see a little operation table in the middle. And what at first appears to be a human body, although a headless one, as the head is sitting on a separate table. You a little bit of a hard look and you can actually notice that there's you know, a serious lack of blood, guts, all that kind of things that humans tend to need. But it seems like they're trying to make a more human looking dummy, possibly. Going around the edge of this room, we can actually find a couple notes. A couple notes which actually gives away pretty much the whole game. Both notes actually describe everything that you have done throughout this whole game. Although the last one seems to maybe possibly be you as you seem to be getting a little bit further than the other note. And they're aware of that you're, you might actually reach them and they do a little bit of panic and take off. So, now that we know what seems to be pretty well happening here, should be fairly obvious, there's nothing else in here. So, nowhere else to go but back to the sewer. Now, luckily for us, we can actually avoid going through the whole electric pool thing. But, yeah, of course, we have to have one big scene. As we're kind of starting to try to exit out the secondary part of the sewer or burst open and the actual first well the door bursts open and the first time we've actually seen that's actually different anyways this one's actually quite a bit covered in blood comes storming in and he seems to be pretty angry so thus we start our final chase sequence one that if anything else in this game hadn't quite pushed me over to not quite being happy with my experience, yeah, this little moment definitely dragged me the rest of the way there. It's not only are you having to run from this guy who you're not really any particularly faster from, 
all throughout the rest of the sewer. They just dropped random dummies. And if you get just even a little bit too close to them, yeah, they're going to give you a nice little smack to knock you off your feet. And if they smack you, you are doomed because the other bloody dummy is going to be right on top of you. So pretty much instant death. And you're also going to have to do a little bit of platforming as you don't want to step in water or anything because that slows you down drastically. And yeah, as we've already kind of seen back at the little barn area, platforming's not exactly this game's strong point. But eventually, after several deaths, we're finally able to get to the other end of the sewer and appears to be able to make our escape up through a pipe. And here, we finally get our last scene of the game. We crawl out of a manhole and find ourselves in a bright white room. A room which should look fairly familiar, as if it seems to be either the same room or a similar room, the one where we actually saw the only other person in this game. But we're not alone. There's a couple guys in some yellow hazmat suits pointing guns at us, and a scientist on the other side of the glass. Now they're yelling at us and yelling at us, and we start to panic a little bit. Look down at our hands for the first time, get a few little flashes, and, well, our hands turn into dummy hands. Revealing the truth that we should have picked up quite a bit earlier in the game, yeah, we were actually a dummy the whole time in a part of the experiment. Begging and pleading for him not to shoot us, everything seems to go dark. So that is Midnight Submersion. So let's finally time for us to talk about my thoughts and feelings on this game. So I actually played this a few months ago for the first time for my channel. I bought it much earlier in the year on the Steam sale. I was able to get this pretty, pretty cheap. I think it was only maybe like a dollar or so. Now, would I recommend this game? No, actually, this is going to be the first game that we've looked at yet. I'm going to say, yes, honestly, I would recommend skipping it. You can find it a couple different places. PlayStation has it for about $14.99 normally. Steam, you can get it for $4.99. In both services, it tends to go on sale for about 9% off. So you can actually get this pretty, pretty cheap. But honestly, even you know, at a dollar or so, it's... It's just not worth your time, at least not to me. Despite the fact that there's quite a few good Steam reviews, but the problem with Steam reviews is you can only say recommend or not recommend. And you know, a lot of the early ones were generally pretty strongly on the recommend front. You look at much of the later ones, they tend to be a lot more mixed, which feels probably going to be a stronger impression of this game. So I have a few issues that really drag this down for me. So one being the flashlight. This thing is absolutely horrendous. It will not last long, maybe a minute or two it feels like. It's going to be leaving you constantly, constantly scrounging for batteries. And if you get lost too much and end up wandering around, yeah, you're going to be putting yourself in a bad situation. Because this game is just absurdly dark. And there's very few light sources. They, oh yeah, you're going to be 
not wanting to wander around in the dark because you really hard to see. Like, bad. So, the next part, yeah, is the dummies themselves. So, sounding, just kind of reading the blurb and stuff, and normally in quite a few other games, dummies can be quite intimidating, even a little scary. But yeah, at the end of the day, these just weren't. You know, they're all pretty generic looking. You have your plain white ones, which just seem to be there to help you. You have some little bit dirtier looking ones, which are just kind of there. And finally, you get some pretty dark, rusty looking ones, which you can spot the big difference in. They're pretty much the hostile ones. Other than that, except for that one bloody one right at the end, there's no real differences in them. Nobody's missing arms. Legs, maybe some damage or pain on the face, something to give them a little bit of character. And even then, just from the get go of the game, there's just so many of them that you're introduced to just right off the bat. And they're just not really doing anything. The game lacks any type of build up to them. Would probably been a lot greater to maybe start the game and kind of tease them a little bit, slowly introduce you to them. Give you a reason to actually fear them, not just, oh, I'm walking the room and he's turning his head a little bit. Didn't quite work for me. Like, there were a couple of moments that got a little scarce. Some of the chase sequences at first were fairly, fairly kind of get you going. But after having to do it so long, especially if you get lost, and you really can't seem to escape from them, yeah, it just. Even though sequences kind of, you know, came disappointing for the long run. Now, that's not to mention the fact that when you take a hit, especially during those chase sequences, there's no indication you're even being hit. At least not that I saw. Just happened to get away, look down my health, and oh, look, I just took a whole bunch of damage and didn't even know it. So let's talk about the setting. Its setting just didn't work for me in any particular way either. If you read the blur, it's clearly talking about a city. So I'm thinking, you know, a real urban area. When you think of dummies, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. So maybe some shopping malls, some warehouses, you know, some schools. Things like that give you, you think dummies, you think city. At least I do. But there is no city whatsoever. Yeah, prop, maybe it's due to bad translation, but I'd barely even call anything in here a town. You know, your prison's just basically fenced off. It's not really a prison in any particular way, just ordinary houses, a fine restaurant. Don't really see those in a lot of prisons. Uh, power station, it's not particularly interesting. And you do have the little, I guess what they call a town area, but yeah, it's literally like seven rundown buildings. A tower and one little frustrating barn. It's not much there. Then the warehouse, yeah, it's just way too dark. It could have used some light sources and just having to run around trying to dodge these guys in the complete dark because I think I had maybe one battery left at the end of this. Uh, yeah, it just wasn't fun. Then, yeah, the sewer. 
was okay, but I was already over the or the dummies by this time. In the laboratory, there's just really not much there. Yeah, a change of setting would have probably been a lot better. So let's talk about the story a little bit. That quite doesn't land for me either. Because, yeah, you really don't have any... This is a really blank character. I don't really get any investment in them. So when anything does happen, which nothing really ever happens to him, you don't really feel anything. Especially right then, he's just, okay, this happened. Not to mention, within two minutes of the game, they pretty well straight up tell you what's going on. They're putting human minds in dummies. You can kind of see what's going on from there. A little bit of build-up, a little bit of mystery, but actually gone a fairly long way. And even right at the end, where you get that big twist, which should have been your, you know, oh my god moment. Yeah, that's just, they give you a couple notes that literally describes the whole game and pretty much straight up tells you that you're, you're the dummy. That's something that probably should have came after the big twist, maybe. That would have been definitely a lot more interesting, because it's not a big surprise twist if they spoil the surprise. So yeah, it's not... Not scary. There's definitely some bad performance issues. You go into little tunnels that go lead into the sewers. I definitely got some really bad slowdown. And even a few occasions where... It was just a really hard, difficult time just even trying to pick up objects. Especially when climbing up the tower to get the second little lockbox, because there was actually a good minute or two there several times where the pickup icons completely even disappear. You just had to kind of wait around for them to pop up, so... This game definitely could have used a lot of work. You almost want to kind of go do some exploring through the woods, but even then they straight up punish you for that, because... Wonder too far? No. No invisible walls. No messages telling you, hey, maybe you should turn back. Just, you die. That's it. You die. And whatever progress you had is gone. And I learned that the hard way, dying a couple times, hoping to find maybe something a little interesting. So yeah, a couple hour game. Not, not scary. Just doesn't live up to it. I'm going to say this is definitely, look kind of looking at this company's history, definitely not their kind of game. They definitely could have used a little more experience. A story writer would have been a great way to kind of line up the story. Really just somebody to maybe direct scenes a little bit. Yeah, not, not their strong point in looking at the reviews for the sequel. Dimension, it doesn't seem to improve much. Or even their third survival horror game, which is a zombie-based one. Reviews are definitely not great there either. So yeah, I would be a strong recommend to skip this one. I'm curious, maybe watch some people play a little bit. I have a playthrough on my channel myself, which I'll link below if you want to check it out a little bit. for You sink some money into it, but honestly, even at that sell price, I've found some... You know, games for similar prices that are actually a lot funner and I got a lot more out of. Alright, so 
With that, guys, I think it's about time for us to end this episode. So next time, we're actually going to be covering a little game called Scorn. Which, while not a horror game in the way you're probably thinking, it's still a very scary game, just in a different way. And then after that, I'm thinking we're going to cover our first horror-based RPG. And we'll be looking at a little underrated gem that a lot of people missed over back for the PS2 called Shadow Hearts. After that, not quite sure yet. I have a couple ideas. Yeah, if you got some ideas, guys, email me. Please let me know. I'd love to hear from it. Leave a comment if you're watching this on the YouTube channel. Open some ideas. Not, I think I've got one lined up for our third episode out otherwise. All right, everybody. So thanks for joining me. Definitely love to hear from y'all. So if you've got any suggestions for games, or you just like to share some stories of your own experiences playing some of these, by all means, reach out to me. You can e email me at the Pixel Horror Podcast at gmail.com, or you can message me on Twitter or X at Just New Gaming. Or if you're watching this with the video exclusive version, which is only available on YouTube, you can leave a little message below. Now, if you'd like to help the channel, and kind of support the show a little bit. There's actually a few easy ways you can do it. Make sure you subscribe. If you can rate, please rate. Or even just leave some little comments below or like. It goes a long way to helping. If you'd like to help out just a little bit more. I'll actually have a link below. Where you can go to my Streamlabs page. And by all means, drop a couple dollars. Don't do them a lot guys. Just a little bit helps. Helps get some more games. So we keep on going. If not, it's all cool. Just want to hear from y'all. And if you'd like to watch some more videos of some scary horror video games, go always check out my YouTube channel, at Just Nukem Gaming, where I have several different playthroughs and more always posted in the future. So, until next time, guys, make sure you stay out of those dark corners, keep your flashlights on, and try your best to survive until morning. <laughs>